Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age. So parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. And today I'd like to ask you, are you a parent who would love to be able to homeschool while also running a thriving business? Well, today's guest, Holly Homer, has done just that. Now, once a physical therapist who was specializing in the treatment of chronic pain, Holly is now a professional blogger that's running the Kids Activities blog and the Quirky Mama Facebook page, which has over a community of three and a half million people. Imagine. She's also a best selling author. She has three books that have sold over 215,000 copies. And she's done that while also partial homeschooling her three boys, meaning she doesn't do it all. And in fact, she'd happily tell you that these days she's mostly hands off because her boys can manage their day to day learning pretty much on their own. So, how has she created this incredible life for her and her family? Well, we're about to find out. Holly and her husband of 28 years live in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas with their three teenage boys and a Frenchie named Panda. Today, I'm super excited to have with me here today, Holly Homer. Holly, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Um, I can't wait to dive into this um, because, yeah, it sounds, it sounds way more impressive than it actually is. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get, yeah, we'll get to pull back the curtain a little bit because I can tell you. Just... It's a hot mess behind that curtain. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get the inside scoop. Um, but I'm sure for a lot of, lot of families, it's, it's pretty intriguing to hear what, what you've been able to. I mean, obviously, you know, it's taken some some time to get there. And so, yeah, let's, let's, let's start to peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, so yeah, first off, you know, what, what made you decide to, to, to go down the homeschooling path? So it well, first of all, never, ever in a million years expected to be a homeschooler. <laughs> that was just, you know, if you would have asked me before I had kids or even when my kids were toddlers, I would have laughed at you. Um, because one of my one of my big things about my own education was that i was i was brought up in like private religious schooling and which i had the most amazing childhood in the entire world but what i was lacking was exposure to a lot of things and um and so when you know it i wasn't able to like i had to sneak <laughs> to read like steinbeck in high school and stuff like that so what, you know, one of the things I wanted for my kids was to be exposed to everything. Um, and so they can make their own decisions um, down the road. So like, it just, you know, was like, I thought, you know, they would take a traditional school route that would, you know, expose them to all that. And then I had boys and, <laughs> and the boys, like they were just bouncing off the walls. We were dealing with sensory issues. Like they like I just looked at them and I looked at a traditional classroom and I didn't see how this was going to work. Like, like one plus one does not <laughs> equal two here. Right. Square peg like, in the round hole. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, why? Like, you know, especially since, you know, we were, you know, we're here in the Dallas area where like there's so many like museums and, and place art museums and, and kids museums and science museums and all these things that we were going and visiting and aquariums and zoos. I mean, there's like three amazing zoos within an hour of my house. Um, wow. Oh, four actually. Cause there's an app, like there's one, there's a wildlife park too. And so like, we were doing all these things like each day and having, a, and then I was like, why would, like, why would I take away that and then stick them in a chair in a classroom? And so I happened to be at the, tr- the where all good decisions are made. 
the train table at the local Barnes and Noble. Okay. <laughs> I was just thinking we were going to say the, the bathroom, but yeah. yeah I was say, the changing table in the Barnes and Noble. No, the train table. And for those of you who live in warm climates, you know that like the train table in the Barnes and Noble is like, you know, like something you can do in the summertime with your children that is outside the house. And so I was just, I was, the kids were just playing and there was one other mom there and we were just talking. And she said, she said something to me that changed everything. She's like, I just started teaching at this school that has the most well-behaved children I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, where is this school? (laughs) And she's like, oh, it's really weird. It's like a half homeschool, half regular school. She says, but like the kids are like super well-behaved. And I just, and she had a boy too. Um, and she said, I just really like, like that they're not stuck in the classroom every day. And I was like, what is the name of this school? Like went bulb. home, Googled it. We went to a parent meeting, my husband and I did. And it was funny because my oldest was four at the time. And we we're like, that's what we're doing. I mean, like, it was that quick. How's that for timing? Um, because they had the structure that I needed. But then the kids would only go to school two days a week. The rest of the week, we could like run to the, you know, run to the museums, you know, do what we needed to do, play outside, like not have to sit in a chair all day. And that, that was really appealing to me, especially when the kids were little. Wow. Yeah. That was like the perfect timing. Sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) I think things happen for a reason. (laughs) Absolutely. So, okay. So then. So I created that, that opportunity we're looking for. I mean, at the time, what, what were you doing? How did that fit in like work-wise and things for you? So at that time, I was a stay-at-home mom and my husband's a physician. So he was, you know, working at the hospital really long hours. Um, he had just joined a partnership. And so, um, you know, my life was, you know, kind of a really traditional stay-at-home life because you know, I was, you know, making sure the house didn't fall apart, making sure the kids were, you know, alive at the end of the day and fed. And then he was, you know, traditionally going out and being the breadwinner of the family. And because of the situation, you know, he was working really, really long hours, working weekends um, on call um, a lot, which meant for us that um, I couldn't, like, if he was on call, I couldn't leave the house with him in charge of the children. Cause he could just like be called to the hospital. And so we like, it was just, you know, it, it made it like even more where I felt like we were kind of, you know, almost a captive to our own home in that, like there were things that, you know, there were freedoms that we had get, you know, we had kind of given up to live this lifestyle. And, you know, I, I think at that time, you know, it was just like, I would say like things like it's the cost of doing business. Was the cost of doing business like for us to live that life right then? Um, but it did make me realize that I wanted something else in the future. What would you say for you are kind of those those core values or the, the things that that were so important for you that you were willing to give up some of, of the other freedoms? Like what 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 were the things that that were non negotiables for you? Yeah, you know. Because of the way you know, I think I just look at you know I went. As a teenager, I was in boarding school, which had a bunch of ridiculous, stupid rules for no reason <laughs> to control teenagers. And, um, and, you know, and some of those, you know, made sense and some of them didn't. But what, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because I hadn't thought a lot about this until, you know, kind of the, the, the politics and the, and, and, not just politics, but just the craziness that's going, that's kind of surrounding the summer that we've had is I never really thought about this in this way. But what I realized in that restrictive environment is that there were so many good things about it. But the thing that was missing was, was freedom. And that has become kind of like the most important, like, you know, the most important thing to not only me, but also my family. And so, in these situations, a lot of times you're bartering freedom for freedom. And so like in order for me to stay home and because that was important to stay, have the freedom to stay home and raise my children the way I wanted to and not have a boss that would tell me X, Y, or Z is that I needed to, you know, this is the, the freedom we gave up. And so 
those like it, it's it's an interesting thing for me now to look back and see how I was really unaware of what like kind of those trade-offs, but because kind of and I think we all have that like that core that is like that causes us to move in the direction that's most important to us when we listen to it. And so while like each one of those steps may not have felt like it was working into the into well, who knew that that would end up here, but you know, that it was ending up in this direction, every single one of those steps was super important. It's one of those things that like I always say, like no knowledge goes wasted. Like there's a reason why, you know, I was a physical therapist that I treated chronic pain patients and now I do something completely different. All that information that I learn, like is stuff I use every day. It's just in a different way. And then the same thing is, you know, like going through boarding school and the trauma of going through boarding school as a teenager. I led me to like being, you know, like never, never, never wanting to put my my kids in a position where like they have limited freedom that they didn't choose. That is a super powerful point, Holly. And I'd love for you to say that once again, just for our listeners, that that one statement you said about about knowledge. Can, Can you share that one again for people just so that really lands for them? Yeah. So like, I mean, a lot of times we think, why, like, why did we... Why did we spend so much time in the science lab when I'm now a writer? Like, why did, you know, why did I have that crappy job (laughs) as a 17-year-old? You know, it's because no knowledge goes wasted. Like, every single piece of your education, your interaction with your peer group, your interaction with your teachers, your jobs, your bosses, and all this kind of stuff, all every single incident along the way that may seem so silly and throwaway at the time have created the path that you know tells you where to go next. And because I do have a science background, I'm always looking at like the numbers. That's one of the reasons why I love the internet because you, there's numbers behind everything you do on the internet. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> And like those numbers, like you look back and you analyze like what has been done, it it makes a very clear path of what you need to do next. And so um, it's like one of the things that I was laughing say the um, there's like no crying in baseball, you know that um, the movie line is like when you can look at the numbers of whatever's going on in your life, like it's so much easier to make a decision without like. Being emotionally involved in it, and mm-hmm. so, and so, whether you know, as simple as a budget, or you know, like what you need to do next, or like you know, like how ha- you know, how has what you're doing right now is that working for you? If it is, do more of it. <laughs> if it isn't, let's stop it or tweak it and do something else. And I think that if you're always thinking in that way, then I think the basic like human need is momentum. Like it's, you know, we get, I get really sad and lonely when I'm like not in some sort of progress. Um, And it doesn't have to be business progress or making money progress, or it could be simple as, you know, the house is getting better or the the kids are less combative (laughs) the next day. You know, these are all things that like, these are all progress, but if we're not looking for them and we're not analyzing them and we're not measuring them, then a lot of times we just are kind of aimlessly like stop um, without any any momentum. And it's so easy to get in that space, especially right now with things yeah. just constantly changing. And like, I mean, we're having to put a lot of attention on things that ordinarily would just be routine and normal, right? right. Um, but there's so many more things to be thinking about. Even like, you know, to clean the my kids' masks for today before they, <laughs> you know, before they head off to to school if they're going to school and, and those kinds of things. So. I'm curious for you know for parents out there what are what are some some things that that you do or some things you suggest for people to to take that time or or even like some 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 ways in which to reflect in a way that is helpful but also not just like another thing that feels daunting and and difficult to do I think of like a lot of the situations that like parenthood <laughs> is a is an out of control situation you know I mean to a certain extent you know, I talk about freedom and all that kind of stuff, but we willingly had these three children that now have like rule our lives. It's just like we willingly got a dog that is the center of the universe, you know, 
these, th- these choices have consequences. But one of the things that we have to go back to is that there are seasons in, in, of life, you know, and I think, you know, it's really obvious when we think of like the first year of a child's life, like that is a very different season of life than, than when they're 15, thank God. Um, you know, because like, you know, they're, they're like helpless and, you know, your world has to revolve around them and you, you are, <laughs> you are no longer the boss of the house. And, and during that time, you know, psychologically, you know, I don't know how it is for men, but for women, a lot of times, you know, like it, there's like this obsession with the baby and, and what's going on, which is good because <laughs> if we didn't have that, we'd be like, Oh my gosh, this child is driving me crazy. <laughs> um, and so there's, it's a season that's, that's unlike any other. And during that season, it's about survival. It's about getting through that first year, getting everybody to a point like where we can take on the next year. You're not going to find a lot of like, um, creative time. <laughs> right. It's ba- like basic, basic needs. Yeah. yeah like. We're talking like, you know, the hierarchy of needs here. We're not talking about, you know, being artistic or finding time to meditate or, or like, you <laughs> know, I mean, unless it's out of necessity, uh, sure. you know, and maybe you might go to that yoga class, but it's because like, it's the, you know, the only thing that will keep you sane until bedtime. And so, we have to accept that that first year, while that's super obvious to most parents, oh yeah, that's a tough year, is that happens again it, to a lesser degree at different stages. You know, you might have a, a terrible situation where a child gets ill and all of a sudden, you know, you're back in that survival mode or, you know, there's a pandemic <laughs> and all of a sudden you're back in that survival mode. And so when that happens, we have to, I mean, when you have that first year of you're not beating yourself up that you didn't write the great American novel. Like you're not like, well, I got, you know, everybody's alive and he's well fed, but you know, I didn't get my two hours of writing in today. No, you're like, give yourself a break. Like, you know, I mean, you're just lucky to have slept something. And so this is where we need to go back to kind of grounding ourselves in what's realistic for life. Like, if you are in a situation that you know you've never been in before, your kids have never been in before, you're all stuck at home or you're stuck distance learning or your school is crazy or I mean like there's um or the you know can't get out of the house or you know like the business that you normally would work at is has furloughed you. I mean there's a million reasons that you're in survival mode right now. And instead of like beating yourself up because you're not writing the great American novel, like we need to figure out like how to make it to bedtime, like how to, you know, how to get to the next step. Because once we, once we get to that next step, everything we've learned this year through this crisis is going to be helpful for whatever comes next. And so like, it's almost like, you know how, like, if you went back to like high school right now, You'd be like on the front row and learning and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't hear, you know, didn't remember that. I'm like, whereas like when you were there, you're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I can remember that. <laughs> so like embrace the learning of what you're doing now because it's as important, if not more important, than anything else you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I agree very much. I mean the 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 approach that I've been taking through through all of this is really just to see it as, as an, another adventure, right? Where, you know, kind of like if you were traveling in a foreign country, like there's lots of unknowns, unpredictable things, things you can't control, things you don't understand. If we look at it just as another stage, another part of, of the journey, then we can kind of look at it with a sense of wonderment and, and possibility, right? And rather than kind of being worn down by it. And at the same time, realizing that we have a bit less control. And so, you know, I don't have to have as much expectation to to hang on to i can just kind of more embrace what is you know and i think for our, our kids as well i think it's still important though to to have a sense for you know where you want to go right and, and to understand if you're if you're getting there or not and so i was kind of just kind of curious if you have some suggestions for for, for parents to for ways to kind of check in okay you now how are we doing you know what 
how do we need to adjust? Do you have some some tips or suggestions there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because and and I think it's a little bit like raising toddlers, um, where you're with like a toddler maybe touching you twenty three hours a day, and yet you have like. <laughs> Like you're not connected on a deep, like emotional level that you've discussed the world's, you know, your dreams and all that kind of stuff. You're just in proximity. I feel like a, uh, that happened a lot, a lot to us in like a lockdown situation where all of a sudden we're all in proximity, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we've sat down and had the conversation um, or that like, and and I'm a little more, it's a little bit more glaring in my house because I have three teenage boys who would, you know, who like having a conversation with mom is like pulling teeth on a good day, let alone during the <laughs> pandemic. You totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for me, like, you know, I just, I kind of just grab at what I can get and, and find, find it's generally the time, it's generally those throwaway moments. Like, you know, it's when, you know, he comes down and raids the refrigerator that like you can have, you know, a five minute conversation around something that seems pointless, but it's not pointless because that was a five minute conversation with your kid. And, um, and so like, you know, and then there's those, you know, attempts that get rebuffed. And <laughs> there's like, you know, but finding how and when each kid is willing to open up, I think is really important. Like I have a kid that if I cook, like if you know, he'll come and help me cook like for the last 15 minutes and then he'll stay through the eating. <laughs> you know? So, uh -huh. so like, um, you know, so that's important that I put on my schedule that we, you know, that I, I cook several times a week. I'm not a very good cook. So that's been a, like something I've worked on during, <laughs> during the pandemic. But, um, you know, because not just for the fact that we have food in the house, which is lovely, but, but the fact that he will come and spend time. The other thing that like, I will hide like ice cream in the freezer, because I know if the minute I open the freezer, he's going to appear <laughs> <laughs> and he'll sit down nice. and have a bowl of ice cream with me. So like, you know, finding those, those little keys to kind of open up that foot in the door. Um, for, you know, for when they were younger, the, the car was a really, really good place. Um, so I didn't mind like driving them to school and driving them other places because I would either overhear conversations or I would be involved in conversations that wouldn't help, wouldn't have happened otherwise. And so I think that's kind of the key is just finding those spots that you can kind of shoehorn yourself in, in a way that you can not only listen, but you know, because the other thing is, is they're not, if they're not communicative, like mine are, they're not going to come out and be like, yeah, this, um, I'm really scared of the coronavirus. Or I saw this, you know, this race riot on you know, YouTube that really bothers me. Like, that's not how they approach that. They may approach it by actually closing down further. Mm. And we have to realize, especially if you have teenagers, they're getting their news from YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Or Snapchat. <laughs> Yeah, or you know Instagram, kids. and so those conver you, those conversations that you need to have with them are like they're seeing only part you know things out of context, and you know though I know that the the unrest in the country really hit my middle child really really bad, and um, but he is a history like he wants to be a history teacher. And so one of the things that was really helpful to him was to learn about the, the unrest that we happened in the 60s and the 70s and realizing because to, like to him, this was the first time this had ever happened in the world because it was completely out of context. And then showing him, no, look, I want to show you another time that while it was, you know, some different issues, but some good came out of this bad, like look at what you know what we do today while not perfect it's better than what was happening before that and so as he can put that in context as oh now i see why this is happening why people are so upset 
and why they want change. And, and oh, by the way, we've been through this before and the country's still standing and we made improvements and things are better today for it. So like, I think a lot of times we just like putting context around what, what their worries are could be really helpful. Yeah. I mean, historically, we've got, uh, there's been all kinds of things that humanity has, has gone through. And, and sometimes we lose, we lose sight of that, you know, bubonic plagues and, you know, right. all kinds of crazy stuff, right? This is we're, the, like, we're, this is, we're like one of the most privileged, like, you, you know, like lives of all time. So let's put that in perspective. And yes, it's not perfect. And we want to, you know, we want everyone to be able to benefit from it. But let, <laughs> let's put that in perspective. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a great segue into something I know that's really important to you as, as well, which is, you know, kind of the importance of a kind of unstructured play and, and, and time, right? Because like right now, a lot of the things that kids would normally have access to in terms of, you know, programs and, and this and that, you know, just aren't, aren't there. Like my kids, you know, my one son's really into sports, right? So the sports teams aren't really happening in, in, in our area. And but perhaps it's also an, opp- an opportunity to um, to let go of uh, some of that super structured time where you know kids are enrolled in umpteen different things, right? So I'd love for you to to shine a little bit of a light on on that because I know that's a particularly important topic for you. Yeah, I'm really like I'm really passionate about like making sure that kids can be bored. <laughs> I know I run kids activities, that's why. Um, I mean, it seems like, like the opposite thing, but the truth is, is being bored and being able to like figure out what to do with yourself in this world without constant entertainment is a skill that a lot of adults don't have now. And, and it really is showing up in our families and it's really showing up in our, you know, it, at workplaces. And I think it's showing up in our, you know, our politics and the way we interact with each other in a way that we would never interact that way one-on-one. Um, and so I, and I really think that all starts with a comfort for a child or a person to be okay with themselves in a backyard or at a park or at a museum, even if it's boring. Or I think it's one of the things that a lot of, you know, you don't really think about it, but like if you belong to a church and that child is sitting in a pew for an hour, hour and a half, listening to something that's boring them to death, just that ability to sit still for that length of time is also kind of that take a deep breath and be able to be with yourself while being bored. And so what has, what I feel has happened, like in what I see around me and what we've tried to avoid in my house is this, this, just this fervor of, of keeping the kids on a treadmill. And, um, you know, we're going to go here and we're going to go here and we're going to go here. And, oh my goodness, you know, we're late to that. And, you know, like that, that there's plenty of time. <laughs> like, I don't, and I think that's, it kind of goes back to choices. Like there's plenty of time for them to choose that as an adult. But as a child, like I want them, I want them to be like, you know, filled with those ideas of, oh yeah, we just like, we go to the park and we'd spend three hours. And, you know, or I think of one of, you know, my favorite days with the boys was we were, we were in Colorado and, um, and they found we like, there was a park, but we went kind of up the mountain just a little bit into the woods and they found, they basically diverted a small stream. (laughs) Like they spent hours and hours and hours diverting a stream so that the water would go, you know, around a rock instead of this way. And I mean, like that, like what? you know, the, what they learn with that and like the, thinking about like, you know, all the, the science and the physics and the, and the, you know, and then the teamwork and the working together and the planning and the design and the creativity. And like, this is what we want for our kids. Yet we're like packing them into the minivan and heading towards structured activities where they're told what to do. 
Right. I don't control. Do well it's all when people yeah. tell me what to do. So, like, uh-huh. I just want them to be in a space that if they want to, you know, and like when they're older and they choose to join a team and stuff like that, that's a completely different situation. But then I would also say maybe one or two at a time, so that you do still have time for that quiet moment um, on their own or with their brothers or with a friend or or with an adult. Um, that's the other thing is one of the things that I think the homeschool community in general does such an amazing job at organically without even thinking about it is that kids who are generally homeschooled or partially homeschooled, they are interacting with kids of different ages all the time. And then a lot of adults. And so their ability to like connect with a child who's maybe from another family, but maybe six years younger than them is so powerful and such a a much more real life. Like we don't, like, I don't hang out with all 50 year olds now, you know, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I'm in the 50 year old grade. So no one else can hang out. You know, like, I think that's so much more real real world and realizing that, you know, like they see that a two year old is going to react differently to a situation than their, you know, their nine year old friend. And so like processing that can be really, really powerful as well. Yeah, I, I can totally, totally relate to that. For, for many years, not so much this year, but we have been on this, this site called couchsurfing.org. And uh, what's been really great about it is, is just all these different people from all different walks of life, different, different stories, different ages, different experiences, kind of walking into our home and, and getting a chance to host and connect with them for an evening or, or two. It's, it's been a real a real gift for us. And, and uh, I love how it's, it's impacted our kids in mm-hmm. terms of relating to all these very different kinds of people. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. So hopefully we can get back to that soon. enough. But <laughs> <Soon>. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to maybe, I'd love to switch another, another direction and, and kind of curious. So you mean you you had this, this home life, you know, you're the state home mom and you know, that, that in and of itself is, is you know, <laughs> Full on, you know, yeah, <laughs> more than a full time experience. But at some point, you had the the itch to 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 start your own business. I'd love to go there. Yeah, and for me, it was it started out as a as well as as a, a community. When I first started blogging 14, 15 years ago, it was really for adult conversation. <laughs> you know, this is pre you know Facebook, Twitter, any social media, and so. One of the ways that I found community was to write about what was happening at my house. And then um, there was a whole bunch of other people who were doing the same thing. We were kind of the original mom bloggers, but we had no idea what that meant at that time. So I'd go to you know my 30 closest friends' blogs every morning and we'd leave comments and you know, we'd kind of get our day off to off on a good start. It's just putting things in perspective. And that's one thing that while I had never really written anything um, before I started blogging, I like I accidentally started the blog, so I didn't even know what I was doing. But and I realized, oh, like I could put pictures up here, and it would like save me a lot of money from scrapbooking because <laughs> I was making all these multiple scrapbooks. So that's how I kind of got into it. It was kind of as a journal, and then you know what I realized is it gave me perspective on what was happening every day. Um, to the point where, uh, like, I was able to, like, when all hell break, broke loose at the house, um, or something really dumb or stupid that might have upset me before, you know, it was almost like an out of body experience where you could kind of rise above it and think, how am I going to write this in a funny way? Because I always wanted some, I always wanted kind of a funny tweak on it or like a, like kind of a silver lining or a lesson learned, but not like, not like in the preachy way, but like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, but more, more about sunshine, I think, you know, um, just kind of like, because this is, this is the, this is what I chose. This is what I dreamed of. And so I wanted, I wanted to shine a light on the good parts of it, even though there's crazy, stupid stuff that happens every day. And so it gave me that perspective and, and then it connected me with a bunch of other people, which was really important for me at that time because I had three little kids and three little kids is way less portable than like two little kids or one little kid. I can relate. Yeah, we've got three. <laughs> yeah. 
can always fit them all in a car, you know. <laughs> I know. And then, and I always say when with three, one's always crying. You know, I mean like, like it's just it just is rotating through. So you know, and that so that just gave me the ability to like interact with other people online in a way that you know was brand new. Like that was like that wasn't that was a new thing for for us. And so I was able to leverage that. And then as you know that progressed and as the kids got a little bit older, I just told more stories and and really wanted and then I started kind of using it as a journal because I was like, oh, I want to remember that story. I want to remember that story. I want to remember that story. And so my blog was just full of all those stories that I probably would have forgotten if I wouldn't have written them down. And then as that kind of progressed several years in, I started realizing that somebody's gonna make money at like nobody was really making money at it then. But I just was like, somebody's going to make money at this someday. And um, it might as well be me, me, me. I mean, I'm here. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, totally. Why not me? Yeah. So I just started being open to opportunities, even though a lot of the opportunities were dumb or unpaid or seemed silly at the time. I was just like, who knows what this is going to look like? Nobody does. So I'm just going to kind of follow opportunity. And, and part of it was for the adventure. I literally was blogging for the adventure. You know, it was getting, you know, giving me just, you know, kind of like a hobby like, you know, satisfaction. And so following that opportunity allowed me to find a path to monetize in multiple ways to the point where now, you know, it supports my entire family. My husband retired two and a half years ago. And which is from amazing. a very stressful job. And because that had become kind of an anchor, his super stressful job had become an anchor on our life. And just to the point where it wasn't tolerable anymore. And um, so... Yeah. Your family got your, got your dad and your husband back. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, thinking back to what you said earlier about just how much he just wasn't around, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just what it obviously was doing for him. And stresses on you. So that's, a, that's an amazing gift. Well, and I'm so thankful that his job sucked so bad. <laughs> because okay. if, it had, if it had been like kind of sucky, like he probably would never have gotten to the point of I need to leave. You know what I mean? But because it was so horrible and it like was so stressful and so like almost it overtook his entire life to the point where he couldn't enjoy things. He, you know, he felt like a different person because of the stress. And it's, I mean, those, those who are in the medical community, you know, can see like the amount of pressure that is put on physicians these days to do, to never make a mistake, to be as quickly as possible, (laughs) to, you know, like do all the things um, can be, for people who have like the heart to do the right thing, it, I mean, it can be soul crushing. And so because that had become so soul crushing, he was actually open to... Because it was like, life is too short to live it this way. Like, this is crazy. Like, we can't live life this way. We have to, we have to find another way. Even if, even if we have to like, you know, live on a smaller amount of income or in a smaller house or whatever, even if. And so... Once he made that decision, um, it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing to go ahead and just take the next few steps to make that happen. And so let's tell I know our listeners a little bit more about so what you have to today, which not only is a great entrepreneurial success story, but I think it also can help a lot of parents who are you know looking for educational help. So yeah, yeah. So I run Kids Activities blog or kidsactivities.com. Either one will get you there, and it's. Um, Literally just super simple, playful things to do with your kids and then resources for parents. And, you know, it was <laughs> when we started this, it was back when like really the only craft, like crafting and that kind of stuff was like, you know, kind of getting, getting traction because I'm like Martha Stewart living and stuff like that. And I just saw a huge opportunity to present like real life versus the glossy, you know, Martha Stewart, <laughs> you know, full team to create a party life. And, mm-hmm. and so this is like, literally, you know, st- 
just silly, simple, traditional play and simple crafts and learning activities and things that I hope you don't have to go to the store and buy a thing, open up your kitchen junk drawer, substitute whatever you need to do and just get something going. So that like, and I know I've talked a lot about boredom earlier, but one of the things that I found really helpful is to just have kind of like a play starter where you just start with the, you know, sit down with your child, start on something and then work yourself away. (laughs) Work yourself away. And it may, you know, it may take you, some kids are going to do this like within a few minutes and some Mm -hmm. kids, it may take you a week or two of extracting yourself from the activities. But what your goal is with any of this is not to make the paper plate craft look like the bird nest, like in the picture, but to present this to your child. Hey, let's make something. Here's all the supplies. We could make this. What do you want to do? And then walk away so that they can make something way more magical than what we put on the website. Sure. It's creating the, creating the container, really. Yeah. The possibilities to emerge. Awesome. So um, what sort of age groups do you just say that your, your site would kind of cater to for, for kids? Yeah. So most people find us when their kids are like, they find us on a Google when their kids are two, you know, 18 months to two years when they're like, what do I do with a two-year-old? <laughs> it's a very common Google we get. And, and so we have all sorts of like, like literally reaching into that kind of Mary Poppins bag of traditional play that over, you know, pulling in from, I have, you know, it's not just me that writes. There's a lots and lots of moms from all over the world that have written for Kids Activities blog. So they pull in like their, the favorite things they have to do with their kids or their favorite thing they did as a child and just tell those stories so that you have options and you have ideas or, you know, you have X, Y, or Z in your pantry. And, um, guess what? Here's some things you can, you know, here's 20 things you can do with those things. And so we start with two. And then I think our sweet spot is really in the preschool kindergarten, um, because that's like, I don't know, it's kind of like the mountain of play <laughs> when kids are really open to just about anything, especially mm-hmm. if it's fun. And so we have also, and what's also really fun about that is there's so many ways to like sneak in like traditional learning, you know, concepts like letters and numbers and math and reading and all this kind of stuff into play. And so we explore a lot of that on Kids Activities blog. Um, just to give you some things like so you don't feel like you have to sit down and and you know pound out those sight words um, out of a book. Like there's lots and lots of different ways we can do that. You can go on a sight word scavenger hunt, or you I mean, like there's all sorts of ways to get your kids like active in their learning and and kind of going back to that primary goal of not like not letting all learning happen in a chair. I think that that's a really, I think that's really restrictive. If that's what kids are thinking is like, oh, I see the world from a chair. I want them to see the world on their feet, hopefully bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's really, that's really powerful and, and super helpful too. Cause as you, you know, as, as we all know, at, at that age, life is pretty crazy for, for parents. So just yeah. to, just, just to know that there's number one that, you know, there's more than one way to do that something. So if something bombs, you know, there's so many other possibilities and having, you know, a site like kidsactivities.com, which is, you know, built up tens of thousands of resources over the <laughs> years, you know, you can quickly just try something and, and, yeah. and just see, see what happens. So awesome. And, 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 you know, so the, the other side of that now is, you know, this has become a, a business for you and supporting your whole, your whole family, which I think is really inspiring for perhaps for a lot of parents who, you know, right now, maybe are considering making a, a shift, or maybe have to make a shift due to changes that are that are happening with their with their work. What would you say for for listeners out there who, you know, are perhaps looking to to make a shift? What what do you what possibilities do, do you see for them? So I think we're so lucky to be in this year. You know, the you know, think about. An entrepreneur many, many years ago had to raise a bunch of money, put a lot, put their whole family at risk to, you know, rent a building or buy a building and set up 
all these things that have so much overhead and blood, sweat, and tears on top of the risk for the family. And today, you can literally start a business online with little to no overhead. I mean, we're talking, you know, buy a URL from GoDaddy for like 10 bucks and, you know, literally set something up <laughs> with, some, with some hours spent on YouTube. And so it's, it's like, it's there. <laughs> and, and it's the, and what you can make is completely limited just by you. And that's really the only limitation. And so, you know, if you have an idea of where you want to go with that, like it doesn't even have to be very specific. In fact, I think it's better if it's not super specific. Is I would just start today, like start today in your spare time, even, even if it's only 15 minutes today, or even if it's only 30 minutes today, is just start heading, you know, towards whatever that is in your head, or even if it's vague. And just every single day, you're going to take a baby step towards that. And you're going to build a little bit more. You're going to write a little bit more. You're going to record a little bit more or whatever you're doing. And then as soon as possible, you're going to get that live on the internet, even when it sucks, because it's going to suck. It's going to totally suck at first. <laughs> so um, you're going to get that live. And because that's how... like I was like, you're going to get clarity of where you're headed through that process, like, you know, going towards that process. So that's if you kind of have an idea. Now, if you're one of those people like, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea. What I would encourage you to do is to even if you're working full time or in you know, or, or juggling kids and stuff like that, is find some place on the internet that you can either work for someone for just a few hours. Like I have people that work one or two hours a week. Like that's all. Um, but either work for someone or volunteer for someone. Um, and something that may interest you because you're going to learn like if that's your thing or you, or you're, it's going to open, you know, when you learn some stuff, it's going to open your mind to some possibilities that right now you have, like, you don't even know what exists out there. And so either one of those things, but the main thing of all of this is just starting today in your spare time, like, like, Unless you have, you know, unless you don't, don't go quit your job and start this today. (laughs) Like this can, this can build quietly on the side to a point where it makes sense for you to make that shift. And there's just so much opportunity. I mean, you and I know like hundreds of people that all make money on the internet different ways. Like that's why, like you, like if you're at home thinking, if, can I do this? Yes, but like part of the problem right now is you have no idea the op- opportunity, so you're limiting yourself. That's why you need to get out there and start, you know, start trying some stuff to see what works, what get, gain some tra- traction. Yeah, I, I think that that's so true. It's not a lack of possibilities. It's really, like you said, it's just getting out there and, and, and starting something. And, and I think so, some great ideas that you've mentioned, you know. You know, just starting to to create content and 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 through that kind of find out your direction or or perhaps working for someone like you had a great example of some people who work for for your your company or even even just some volunteering. Yeah, it's it's you just never know what's going to go. Kind of like back to your early days with when you started your blog, is you were you had some some possibilities. Some looked great, some were kind of crappy, but <laughs> a lot they, of it was crappy, <laughs> <laughs> right? But, and, but here you are now today with you know. Yeah. You know your 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 business, which is also your passion, is is supporting your family and your your husband's at home, and you just you just never know. But the the key thing is to get out there and to take action. And I know as well, like you you've got some some programs that you offer for people who who like to do something similar to what you're doing as well. Is that that's right, right? Yeah. Um. So I work primarily with bloggers, but um, anyone who's producing content could benefit like and whether that be video or podcasting or anything like that because quite honestly it's all the same process <laughs> whether you're writing it down or you're you're recording it um and then how and how that interacts with the social media networks how to get like you know free traffic to what you're trying to do meaning how to get attention on whatever you're creating for free and then the next steps of building and you can find all that at hollyhomer.com it's just, I love the teaching aspect of that. Like that is kind of where my heart is with all of that. And so my business now 
as far as my blog, most of the actual nuts and bolts of the daily process are done by other people. But I use it as this huge laboratory to go in and like, like I'm, I have this big project I'm working on right now. And yes, it's going to be beneficial to the website. But what's even cooler is that, you know, I'm following the data so that when I come back to my coaching group and my clients, that I'm like, hey, when you do this, this is what, what can happen. And so be, and I would, I would also say to anyone looking for, you know, for help or you know, guidance to go forward, it doesn't have to be me, but find someone who's in the trenches of doing it instead of somebody who did it several years ago. Because the day-to-day today is very different than it was even a year ago or two years ago. Just because we're in this crazy evolution of internet stuff. Like, and you know, if you think about like what you're seeing in your Facebook feed today is very different than what you saw in your Facebook feed a year ago. And you might like until you consciously start thinking about that, what that means is that everything behind the scenes has changed. And so that's why it's really important to find someone who has kind of in the trenches working every day because these things do change on any given day. Like it could be tomorrow. <laughs> Everything's safe. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the only thing that is a constant is is change hundred percent. Yeah. And ultimately that's that's really what the kind of kind of environment or the, what we're trying to help our kids set up for is to be able yeah. to adapt and embrace, you know, a life that is going to be constantly changing. And and so Wow, there's so much goodness today, Holly. I really, <laughs> so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's I've I've learned a lot as well. I mean, my my kids are just are in their early teen years, so I've been I've been soaking up a lot of your your insights and and your wisdom. It gets easier, I think, and it's been really fun. My oldest is now a sophomore in college, and it's really crazy to like you know have him like come home for the weekend and stuff like that. So every stage just has like just really cool things associated with it. One, well, I'm, I'm super excited for, for the, the, you know, sharing your journey today and, and where you are now with you, with your family. And it's such, such a wonderful life that you've, you and your family have right now. And thanks so much for, for sharing with our, our listeners on our show today. Absolutely. Thanks so much. This is super fun. Awesome. So we'll, we'll have, you know, in the show notes, we'll have uh, links to, you know, your, your, your personal site to help, people with their businesses, hollyhomer.com, as well as uh, keysactivities.com as well. So, so if anyone wants to get in touch with, with Holly, um, you can find her there. Anywhere else they can find you, Holly? We should let people know. Um, that's generally where, I mean, you could, my Facebook page that we talked about is called Quirky Mama. But I wouldn't message that page. <laughs> There's a lot of messages over there I don't respond to. But if you don't get a hold of me, email is always a good, a good choice. That that's the one place that I, I like. I kind of haunt social media in and out. <laughs> and Keep it healthy. Yeah. I don't want to get sucked into the black hole. <laughs> okay. And um, all right. So we'll so would you like to include your email in, in our show notes then for people? Yeah, that would be great. And it's just text Holly T X H O L L Y at gmail.com. Fantastic. All right. Thanks so much, Holly. I appreciate you being on the show today. All right. Thank you.